Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Kathy Cloat's guest. We've got to re-upload our audio files again. <laughs> Every time Blog Talk Radio makes a change, I've got to upload my files again. So we don't have that, but we'll get to it. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to 2016. Uh, this is our first uh, podcast this year. And we are going to be doing uh, some things a little bit differently this year, and I'll explain that in a second. But for those of us uh, that might be new joining in, welcome, welcome. Again, I'm Kathy Cloat's guest. I'm the founder of Keeping It Human, and I am located in the heart of Silicon Valley here in San Jose. And the show typically airs on Thursdays at this time at 3.30 Pacific. And every once in a while, we'll do things a little bit differently to catch a guest and accommodate somebody else's schedule. And we help business and marketing execs and their teams humanize what they do. We help them tell their most important stories to the world so they can move people to take action. That's what great storytelling is about. I also do a lot of facilitation work, helping people uncover their stories. So if you're looking for workshops on storytelling, you know people who are, we can help with that as well. And this podcast is always jargon-free to the best of my ability and my guest's ability. And uh, we always post these on the blog afterwards. You can leave a comment there if you like something. If you picked up a great tip, I'd love to hear it. Let me know. Also, let me know what you'd like to hear more about. So let me give you a few updates of what I've been working on, what's going to be a little bit different this year, and then we'll kind of go into today's topic. Today we're going to talk about how to humanize social media and not so much content, but the ways that you communicate, the ways that you streamline. So we've got some new things um, this year. I'm working on a book, and um, we are going to be doing some short podcasts as well. I've added a lot of video. If you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see that there's quite a bit of video and, and video hangouts and blabs and Periscope videos, so we're adding a lot more video. We are going to continue to do the podcast, but here's what's going to be a little different this year. We're going to continue to bring you some great guests, but really going to be focusing on uh, how do we unlock creativity for storytelling and content? And how do we you know, have more fun? We're, we're going to be less all about social media and tactics. And I'm, I'm, that, that's being covered in a lot of podcasts. But what makes this different is because my background is improv and comedy as well as storytelling, that's the, the, that's the wheelhouse that I'm in every day. So that's the kind of stuff I want to bring you more of. The second thing that I'm doing a lot more of is we will have great guests, but there are going to be times like today where I am the guest. I'm just going to talk about a topic, and you're welcome to call in and have a discussion with me. That's that's lovely. I like that. But we're going to do more of that because scheduling sometimes around other people can be a little tricky. (laughs) I've had to cancel things, move things around, and it gets a little bit hard sometimes. And finally, we're going to do short topics too. Sometimes we won't need the full half an hour, and I'll I'll do some topics that are 15-minute increments and little short, quick tips. Why? Because you're busy. You're busy people. You've got stuff to do. And so my aim is to really humanize it, give you quick tips, Get you in and out, kind of like in and out burger, but just like with better marketing tips. <laughs> and get you what you need so you can get it in a short amount of time and be on the road. So that's what we're going to do a little different this year. 
All right. And you can also go see my Improv and Innovation Cafe stuff where we talk to people in, in improv and how to apply it to marketing. And we're, we're going to have some of those same guests on, on the podcast as well. But being that everybody likes video, we are trying to make sure that we have a lot of that in there as well. So, all right, welcome to 2016, and I know you're thinking like me, oh my God, another year, a new year, lots of stuff to do, so much stuff to do. Well, I get overwhelmed too, and there's all these things I have to think about, and so does your your customer. Your customers are out there and your prospects going, oh my gosh, I've got more stuff, more tools, more email, more this, more that, and I can't keep up. And so... I've talked a lot about what it means to be human in the way of content. So levity, um, a tone that's refreshing and down to earth, um, being direct, being honest, being authentic, being imperfect, tell, talking in stories, uh, getting rid of jargon, jargon monoxide poisoning, all that stuff. So there's a, there's a what in the content of how to make your content human. Today I want to focus on a little something different, and that is the how how we deliver it, how we package, how we communicate, how we touch our customers. So all the ways that, that through that customer journey that we are touching our customers and the way they're experiencing us, all that can be better, can be made more human. And that's where I want to focus. So I wrote a post um, at the end of the year, <laughs> excuse me, talking about um, this idea of a, a PETA tax, a pain in the ass, a PETA tax. And sometimes we pay it, but we don't know we're paying it because sometimes we don't know till it's too late that we're actually doing it, that maybe uh, we are touching our customer too much with emails or phone calls to the point that we're bugging them and we are not adding value. And that's very, very frustrating, very frustrating for your customer because it's not just a zero-sum game. It's not that you're not even adding value. You're actually destroying value. So think about the times that you might say, hey, just touch and base, but you're leaving three or four of those you know, in a week. Um, now imagine that your customer, your prospect, gets you know, 40 people doing that in one week. That's a whole lot of scaled-up uh, destruction of value. <laughs> and so you have to understand that the ways that you test your customer, the ways that you talk to them can can add value or destroy value. And that's a really important point. And a lot of times your customer will never come back to you or your prospect and say, gosh, you know what, you're driving me nuts. You just won't hear from them. They will just go cold turkey on you. And if you have a really great relationship with your customer, they'll tell you, they'll say to you, you know, Oh my gosh! Um, could you could you give me more information, or you know, could you could you revise that a little bit? Could you maybe not do that so much? Your customers that have a great relationship will tell you. But what happens when we don't have that relationship? Trust hasn't been built, so the credibility isn't there. So they don't feel safe telling us, and your prospects surely won't because you haven't earned currency. You don't have the credibility because you don't have the trust. You're not that far along in your relationship. So here's some things to think about. And I really want to talk about that because it's really about, you know, uh, destroying value. Communication is so important because before somebody becomes a client, the way that we go through that process, that consultative sell, or the way that we engage them in problem solving, or the way that we give them information to think about, all those ways say to that customer or that, that prospect, this is how I communicate. This is what I am like to do business with. This is how our relationship is going to be. So these signals are there. And your your, your prospect is evaluating, wow, is that going to work for me or not? 
And we may lose people, not just because of the information, but because of, of how we're reaching them and the fact that we are not adding value. So it's something to just be mindful of. And I really believe this with all my heart and soul, that mindfulness is a human operating system. It's a lens through which we filter everything. And just being mindful of what we're putting out into the world, not only in terms of our attitude and our energy, but how much and our volume, and is it helpful. So these are the kinds of things to, that I, I personally know, because I've been there, I have been there. <laughs> I have violated the cardinal rules of human communication at one time or another. Can I get an amen, everybody? I have done that, and I have paid the penance, and unknowingly. And, and, and I had to step back and realize, gosh, does the world need one more email from me? And so much so, in fact, that in, in, in December, I, I, I was about to hit the send button on uh, a newsletter that I was going to send out, and then I... I, I I stepped back and I went, is this really something new? Is this something that they can implement right away? Is this something different? What can I do? Like, how how can I do this better? And I decided it was better to not send it at all, so I didn't. I hit the delete button. And I know some of you can probably relate to that. Many of you are probably shaking your head going, yeah, totally, I've done that. That's actually smart. That's not a bad thing. I commend you for doing that because mindfulness is really about stepping back and saying, does the world need more of this? And sometimes the answer is the world doesn't need more of that. So that's just being, again, it's being sensitive to to you know how other people um, work. And the greatest thing that we can do today as part of mindfulness is have empathy. How are people communicating today? There's so much out there. Um, are people... Are, are people out there communicating in in a clear way, or are they, uh, you know, not doing it? Um, you know, what does that, um, what does it mean? And you know that if you're up to your eyeballs and stuff, well, then your customer and your prospect is too. They're 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 drowning too. So if you don't want to be on the receiving end of all this stuff, imagine how much more that's true for your busy prospect. So really put yourself in their shoes. And, and if it's something you don't want to get more of, chances are they don't either, but they haven't told you that. So I think that's really important, you know. And, and it's um, it's just that simple. Really, really step back and, and, and be mindful of your of your customer and your, and your prospect. All right, so how do we do this? Okay, so here's some things, right? Um, your prospect goes dark. You're like, ah. What did I do? What's going on? You know, they they probably are on overload. And if you had something really important to say, they probably um, would would tell you. You know, they probably would would call you back and say, um, you know, uh, I can't wait to talk to you. So the fact that they've gone dark is probably indicative of a, of a couple of things. You know, <laughs> and so it's it's really interesting. So, all right, here's some things. I started cataloging in this post that I wrote just some ways that have worked for me. So I'll I'll pass on some ideas that I've got on how you can streamline and be more human. But that doesn't uh, mean that, uh, you know, there aren't other ideas. There's a ton of ideas out there on how to, um, you know, make things better. There are. There are no shortage of ways. These are just a few ways that I've come up with. All right, so let's dive on in. So if you haven't mapped out your customer journey, it's really important to do that. Map out your customer journey. Do you know? Do you have the data? And you may not have the data, and that's okay. 
put a note to yourself to go out and, and get that information. Look at your analytics. What are people looking at? What are they not looking at? Um, talk to your customers. Get a sense for flow. How long does it take before they sign a contract? What, what are all the major important milestones for their evaluation and consideration? And, and how, what's their funnel look like? And I, 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 that's about the only FU word I want to use because <laughs> it's pretty jargony. But funnel is a legit word. So where are they, they getting lost in that funnel? Where are you losing them? Where are they coming back for more information? What's their journey look like? That's really important to understand. So I, I say it's important to do that. Um, you know, the the other thing I would say uh, is map out your touch points. So how do you communicate with your customers and your prospects? Map all that stuff out. Uh, look at your, your phone messages. Look at your emails. Look at all the ways people can communicate on your website. Are there broken links? It can be as simple as if you looked at all the forms on your website, are there broken links? Are they working properly? When it, Where does it go? If you're a company, where does your email go? I actually did an audit for a company uh, recently, and we found out that um, they had a, a repository that one person checked and then would send to all the uh, other people in the company. But what happens when that person doesn't check the inbox for a month? Things just sit there. Things sit there for you know a month, two months, with nobody acting on them. So be careful about stuff like that. That's a dead end. That's a that's a that's a non-human way to communicate, and you can you can lose prospects that way. So just. Little things like that. Check your phone message. I mean, how many of us have been guilty? I know I have when I'm in a hurry. I forget, you know, to change that vacation. Um, hey, I'm out of the office. And it's like a month later, two months later, you still got that old <laughs> recording on there. How long does it take, um, on average, to return a phone call? If somebody has a question, if a prospect has a question, um, you know, how many touches and how many conversations are you having until you close a deal? Uh, really important to understand what that path looks like. So map that stuff out, really super important. Now step back and ask yourself, how can I streamline that? What can I do differently? If there's four or five touches in between signing a contract, how can I eliminate one step? Is there something that I can do differently to eliminate one step? Um, I know that I, I one thing that I got rid of is when I started my business, I got rid of these ridiculous contracts I have a contract to do business with me, a keeping it human. I have a one-and-a-half-page contract. That's it. That is it. And it was drafted by a lawyer, cut a lot of stuff out, <laughs> and, and he went back and edited it. And we, we compromised on a page and a half because <clears throat> I don't want any roadblocks to slow down people wanting to do business with me. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be because of a convoluted boilerplate indemnification clause or whatever. So I have a page and a half of, of, of a contract. So it's just one example. Go, go back and look at all the places that you can streamline. Um, are your, are, is your messaging okay um, on your emails? Um, how are you messaging to people? What, what are you saying? Are you sending them information? Hey, thought of you, and this is related to what we were talking about, thought this would be of use to you versus, hey, just touching base, just checking in. Because just checking in says hurry up and decide. That's the subtext. And it's not offering any value. You're not moving the person any further along in their journey and, and in their funnel. So um, don't do that. That's that's why it's important to kind of step back and look for places that you can streamline. Really, really super, super important. Um, all right. 
Uh, number three, go back and ask your best customers. Go back and ask your best customers because you should always be designing everything you do for your best customers, not your not your lowest common denominator customers. Don't ever do that because your lowest common denominator customers are low, typically low margin, and they're not the ones who have the vested interest in seeing you succeed. So go to your best customers, the ones that you have a great relationship with, and ask for feedback. And here's the deal. Don't, sh- don't shove a survey in their face. Do not do that. They're getting enough of that. Offer to have a 10-minute conversation. Let them know ahead of time what it's about. Say, hey, look, I just need 10 minutes of your time. What are the big things that I could do better? What are the things that are working for you? And what are some things that I should consider? Give them a little bit of heads up so they have time to plan and they're not caught, caught off guard, but they can actually tell you. Again, if you have a great relationship with your best customer, they will tell you. Another way you can go is you can hire somebody to actually do those interviews for you. If you think that you're not going to get honest information from your customer um, or maybe having a third party would be better because they'll feel less um, inhibited with a third party to speak their minds, then by all means, have somebody else on your behalf make those calls. Really important. Again, don't shove another survey. They don't need one more survey monkey. God bless that company. They're a great company, but they don't need one more survey shoved in their face. So uh, do it the human way. Do do it the human, old-fashioned way. So if you have questions, you can follow up. So go ahead and always ask them, what didn't I ask you? Is there anything you need to tell me that, that I should have asked that I didn't? And I always leave that open-ended. All right. Really super, super important. Um, people will, will do that. And and make sure you tell them when you are asking for feedback, make sure you tell them, look, I want to make your lives better. Here's why I'm asking. Is it that I'm not doing that could make your life better? What can I do? And please tell me. And if you think of anything, please, the door's always open. Let them know that they can always do that. So really, really important. All right. Next one. Look at your, your look at what they do. Look at what your prospects and customers do and not what they say. Um, sometimes they'll be in alignment. Sometimes they won't. And I think what you, you have to, to always remember is, you know, what people actually do on your site speaks volumes. So make sure you look at your analytics. Have a system in place. Um, <clears throat> see what people are looking at. What are your most popular posts um, when it comes to social media? You know, not all posts are created equal. It's probably the 80-20 rule. You know, 20% of your posts are getting 80% of the traffic. And I think it's really super, super duper important to make sure that that's happening because, um, you know, what that says to you is that you are probably working really, really hard at 80% of the content that nobody's reading. And what if you actually funneled all your – there's that funnel word. (laughs) I put the F-U in funnel. Yes, it's true. Um, So what if you actually channeled all your resources into the 80% of content that does – or excuse me, the 20% that does really well and scrap the 80%. So if you know that 20% of your content – and so maybe there's there's three or four topics out of maybe, you know, 11 or 12 that you're writing about that really generate most of the traffic, ditch those other topics. Create more depth and more information around the topics that are working for you and ditch the rest. I think that's really important. All right. And and that's why it's so important. Um, I, I just can't emphasize that enough because if you really understand how to really maximize your time, you will do a lot less laborious work toiling around your own content creation around topics that's, that aren't getting much traction. And I know for me, when I analyze my analytics, it's really interesting. Um, people go for you know three reasons. They go for storytelling, they go for humor, and they go for creativity. You know, it's facilitation. That's pretty much it. Now, there are variations of those themes, 
But that's it. So when I, I, I write too much about social media and all this other stuff, unless there's an angle about humor, unless there's an angle about storytelling, it, 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 it buys me nothing I, because it's outside of my wheelhouse of differentiation. It does not get me eyeballs in traction. It does not solve problems for my audience. And it does not differentiate me. So, so that's really important to know, if for no reason but to, to make sure that all your efforts are going to creating the kind of content that's really going to move the needle for you and dropping the rest. All right. All right. Fifth, here's what I do. Um, be willing to challenge your own assumptions on this. This is a really important thing. So many of us have monthly newsletters. Some people I know don't have newsletters at all. And I know people who do not have newsletters and have really robust businesses. does not shock me. If you sell to CEOs and to the C-suite, if you sell to executives, there are many, many executives out there that are far too busy to go around signing up for newsletters. And they're not reading regular newsletters. They may read you know, one or two really, really top-notch blogs in their in their niche, in their space. And that's it, because they don't have time for anything else. So nobody's running around trying to sign up for more newsletters, usually, unless there's a tremendous amount of perceived value. So it's okay. Um, I do a monthly newsletter. I am, I am now um, going to be shifting to a uh, every two-week newsletter, and that's it. Some people I know send a newsletter out every, you know, week. Uh, some people I know, um, I write a lot for Convince and Convert blog and, and Jay Bear and, and Jess Ostroff, and they're good to me. And I know those people, and they're good people. And they send out, you know, they have a much bigger business. They send out something every day to their subscribers because they've got tons of content. But that's different because their order of scale and operation is very different from mine. It's far bigger. So as long as you have value and you're not just – you know, pumping out a schedule just to keep up with a artificial and arbitrary content schedule, then great. If you've got value, then do that daily thing, do that weekly thing. But if you're doing it just because you have a content calendar that says this is what you should be doing, that's not a great reason to do it. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. You're doing it just because a calendar says you should do it. But a calendar has nothing to do with whether or not you're creating value. So step, be willing to step outside your box and say, okay, I know what the calendar says, but doesn't mean I shouldn't challenge an assumption on if I'm adding value or not. So really super important. And if you find yourself having to adjust um, and maybe you know, you're doing a weekly and you, you realize eh, maybe a monthly or, or every month or, or excuse me, twice a month could, could do the job, then, then be willing to make that change. Just because another business is doing it daily or weekly, again, you don't have to jump off that content bridge too. <laughs> what would your mom say? So it's really super important because you're, you're keeping up with the Joneses, but that frame of reference is a really might be a lousy comparison because somebody else's business is going to be fundamentally different from, from the nuts and bolts and critical success factors of your own business. And I know that that works for me. I also know that... Um, in the business that I'm in, it's a very high personal touch. So people like to have phone conversations with me versus email. I do some email, but because the nature of what I do is very interactive and personal and human, that is a great medium for me. So a lot of my communications tend to be uh, on the phone or a quick video or because it works for me. It's how I come across best versus email. So Use what works for you. Really important. Challenge those assumptions. And again, don't worry about what your competition is doing. Your competition's business structure may just fundamentally be different. And their economics 
could be fundamentally different. So be willing to step back, challenge all those assumptions as I have this year, and really streamline. I think you'll find yourself not only making your customers happier, but you'll get off this content treadmill um, and, and this you know churning wheel and, and feel a lot less like a hamster trying to keep up with everybody. Um, again, if you're selling to executives and, and, and VPs and decision makers as I, I do, I don't sell to a lot of small businesses. Um, and it doesn't mean I don't have a lot of small businesses signing up for my newsletters. I do. But here's the thing. Most of my business is bigger businesses, and these people are very busy. So I don't necessarily see senior VPs of sales or you know chief executive officers or chief marketing officers in a rush to go sign up for newsletters. So that's just the reality. So that you may not need to have it. Uh, you know, every month. All right. You get the idea on that one. Um, And test those assumptions. I'd say finally test those assumptions. So challenge the assumptions and test them. Ask people. Go back and ask people. So one of the things that I did this year is I, in the very first newsletter I sent out in January, I said, hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Woo-woo. Hope you had a great one. And I just put in a little blurb that said, look, I'm going to do some things differently this year. I'm going to have a lot more videos. The videos are going to be shorter. The videos are going to be um, around smaller topics with tips because I know, A, that you're busy. B, you don't want more email. C, you want something quick that you can grab and glean and get your arms around. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm I'm trying really hard to give you uh, uh, great content that's going to help you. And I got back a tremendous amount of response. People wrote back as soon as they opened up my newsletter, and they, they came back to me and they said, oh, my God, I love it. I love it. This is brilliant, Kathy. Thank you so much. This is great. I need less clutter. I need more. And so the reception that I got in that very first newsletter told me that I was on the right track. So be willing to go out there and and test it. Um, I think it's really important for you to go do that. So uh, just don't be afraid of challenging your own assumptions. Don't be afraid to go test it. And don't be afraid to prove yourself wrong. I think that's really important because you'll never really know until you get that out there. So, again, don't keep to a schedule for schedule's sake because that's just silly. That 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 takes away your, your um, – it takes away your ability to be strategic. It also takes away um, and I think eats away at your valuable time and puts – you may be spending time on the wrong things. So nobody wants that. All right, everybody, those are my tips. What tips do you have? I would love to know. You can go to my uh, website. You can go to my blog. It's keepingithuman.com slash Kathy's, no apostrophe, Kathy's hyphen blog, because I'm real creative like that. <laughs> it's my blog. So um, go ahead and leave me any uh, comments you've got. What What are you doing to streamline? What would you like to see more of? Um, I do appreciate all the emails that I get with tips and things that you like and what you want more of. That's very helpful. You can also go to my website and just I've got a form there when you sign up for the newsletter that says, "Hey, what's your biggest challenge? What do you you know What do you want? What do you want more of? Please do fill that out." And I know a lot of people don't when they sign up, and I get that you're busy, but it actually helps me to understand your biggest challenges and to make sure that I'm offering the kinds of content that will be most helpful to you. So in that spirit, let's keep it all human out there, you know. Let's do that. I'm keeping it human, so I, I want you to keep it human too. Uh, you can reach me at Kathy Clotes Guest at Twitter. And with that, we will see you next time, next Thursday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy 2016. Take care. Bye-bye.